How would you like to go further than you've ever gone before? Hi, my name is Munir, and on today's episode, we're going to be discussing how you can persuade, present, and perform at a level far higher than you've ever been used to, so that you can get referred, remembered, and rewarded. Stay tuned. Thank you, Munir, for coming to our podcast. It's uh, it's a real pleasure. Thanks for accepting the invitation. Uh, as we've talked off air, I mean, you've uh, we've been following you for some time, and we've certainly wanted to have you on our podcast for some time. Unfortunately, because of other things going on in life, uh, this got delayed. But uh, finally, you're here. We're very happy to have you. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you. It's, it's uh, really an honor to be here, and um, very excited to to share with you and your audience. So thank you very much for having me. No worries. Um, Munir, for all of those who don't know who you are, and, and I'm sure there might be a couple out there, <laughs> uh, we we want to know more about you. We want to know about where you started and where how you got to where you are today. You, you're well-known for your storytelling, for, your, for being an influencer, for being a coach, for being a master of persuasion. How did you get to where you are today? So how I got to where I am is uh, through a lot of trial and error, a lot of making mistakes, um, a lot of pain along the way. Um, to, to make a long story short, I, you know, growing up, I was uh, a very shy, awkward and geeky kid. And, um, I used to believe that people were born persuasive. I used to believe that people were born charming. People mm-hmm. were born with confidence. Um, and I started, you know, growing up in Oman and we only had Oman TV. Uh, we didn't really have internet when I was growing up back in those days, once upon a time. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I picked up these things called books. <laughs> and uh, I started reading a couple of books. Uh, I, I picked up How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, I, I, I started getting into personal development. And I, I started to realize that where you are right now, like, doesn't have to remain the same. Like, people are able to change. And so I, I think yeah. that's the, the, the short story. I learned how to transform myself and I kept learning. And... As I transformed, I wanted to help others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And you, you said you started in Oman, obviously, but uh, you've, you, you're currently not in Oman. I mean, where, where did you go after Oman? So, like, uh, I've lived in a, in a few different places. I, I studied in the UK and then I worked in the UK for a, uh, for a while. Um, I went to Bahrain. I lived in South Africa, spent a bit of time wow. in France. Uh, and right now I live in the UAE. I'm, I'm in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I've been here for about 12 years. So now that's, that's excellent. And, and, you know, most of your content obviously is in English. I, I would understand from, you know, you flying around the globe, English is probably the easiest way to, to send the message out. But what about Arabic? Have you thought about uh, doing anything in Arabic? So, one of the reasons um, that my content is in English a lot more, first of all, a lot of the concepts that I've learned, a lot of the mind hacks, etc., 
I've learned in English and I don't know <laughs> some of the translations, but uh, so I'll be very honest. However, um, more importantly to me than that is one of the things I'm very passionate because I've lived in a number of different countries around the world and, and I've always been in very international organizations is mm-hmm. I love bringing people together from around the world and I love to you know, change stereotypes, um, you know, introduce people to um, more impactful, inspirational Arabs, you know, like people yeah. from other parts of the world to more inspirational Arabs. So my my audience is very international. And I like, it's very important from like for me personally, I want the Western world to see some inspirational Arabs. I want them to see, and if I just catered to an Arab audience in, in Arabic, then uh, I would I would miss that target. And yeah, you'd limit yourself. Yeah, yeah, and and I, you know, that for me, bringing people together, creating a, a better global understanding, that's something that's always been very important to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure AK relates to this, right? AK. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is this is sort of uh, along the same lines as uh, like e- even when we started this this podcast, we were we were sort of debating the same thing, right? Um, yeah, it's it's sure. so it's so it's so different when it's when you're creating content, uh, you sort of want to give the maximum amount of audience. You don't want to limit it, and at the same time, there are so many more people that speak that speak Arabic natively that speak English than there is native. English speakers that speak Arabic. So it's yeah. sort of you're you're trying to maximize as many yeah. people as you can get to, and that's awesome. I, I just want to touch on bridging the gap. That's yeah, that's what it's all ahead. about. And uh, yeah, I love I love the name that you guys came up with. That's, no, Appreciate thank you. It. Thank you. That's the whole point, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And um, so my question was regarding um, um, so in in your talks you often refer to your childhood as uh, the reason behind you picking up public speaking and coaching in general can you tell us more about that because i i do know and i personally i mean have this issue or had this issue at some point in my life where like anxiety was was somewhat crippling when it came to public speaking so maybe you can give us some insight on um some of the things that you do and how how you got sort of formed into the person that you are today cool so you know Growing up being, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, like I was, uh, you know, I was, I was bullied by the guys. I was made fun of by the girls. Even at home, the cat used to sit on me. I was, <laughs> I was the lowest <laughs> rung, right? And um, I, I really did believe that people were born charismatic. You were born with this ability. And I always used to say, oh my God, that person's so lucky. Uh, I remember going around and my father, uh, you know, we'd go places and and everyone would know him and they'd be like, oh, salam alaikum, you know, everyone would walk up to him, etc. I remember going around with my cousins and my cousins were very popular. I was always like, wow, I, you know, how, how does that happen? I wish I was like that. I, um, and my sister and brother grew up out of Oman. Uh, and so growing up, I, you know, I, I was, I was quite, quite lonely. And I think, um, when you, when you have a bit of pain, you know, the bulliedness, etc. like when you have a bit of pain at some point, something snaps and 
one day you just say, that's enough. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way. And I did that. Like one day I was just like, okay, enough's enough. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way. And I started picking up a book and partly because I was bored, partly because I had nothing else to do. And luckily there was only one TV station in Oman and one TV and no offense to Oman TV at that time. Wasn't much to watch. <laughs> so, um, I started to develop and I started noticing results. Um, but it's only when I left Oman um, that I noticed the huge results. And I was like, all of a sudden, you know, I left and I was suddenly a lot more popular. I was able to relate to people. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, and then I took a job doing door-to-door -door, door -door sales, my first ever job. And they wow. trained me in how to persuade. And, and I started learning this at a whole nother level. And I got, I started to realize, wow, anybody can do what I do. They just need the right direction. And fast forward a few years after, I started learning this thing called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is how you use your mind to get results, like how to think on purpose. And I was fascinated with the amount of influence, the science behind influence and persuasion and coaching and getting results. And my unique sort of perspective of learning NLP, uh, learning sales, um, being awkward at one point in time, I, I felt like I had a unique uh, perspective that I could help, I could help anybody to achieve the results. I don't care how geeky you are or how awkward you are. I know that I can help somebody to achieve another level. I can help any salesperson to persuade more effectively. Um, it's just about having those right ingredients. So that's, that's kind of how yeah. I got to, to where I am today. Like just yeah. learning all the right things, being in the right, like, um, the right painful enough environments that, that pushed me to learn. That triggered that uh, uh, transition, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. you mentioned that you picked up a book, and basically that's that's the starting point. And you're you're an Amazon best-selling author. You have Persuasion Power uh, as as your main book. Uh, tell us about that. So, I truly believe that every successful person has a coach, right? Uh, like if you look at any Olympic athlete, any champion team, no matter how great they are, they have a coach, right? Um, I like to coach people and uh, to achieve their potential. And one of the reasons I believe in it so much is because I've invested in coaches myself. One of the things that I did when I was early on in my career, you know, trying to identify what it is that I wanted um, is I looked at, you know, Hey, where do I want to be five years from now? What, what, what kind of achievements do I want to have? And I put, I just put down, write a book. I never, like, I didn't know how I'd do it. I didn't know what I'd do. <laughs> I didn't know how it would happen, but I just, I put it down. Yeah. And funnily enough, you know, fast forward, it, it actually took maybe four years. Like I just wrote it down, but I'd always had it there. I'd always had it in the back of my mind that this is something that I wanted to do. And, you know, at one point with one of my goal setting sessions with my goal, with my coach, uh, we just sort of said, okay, like what goals do you need to progress? What goals that should I focus on? 
And for me, I wanted to be, to establish my, my credibility, to establish myself as someone that knew what I was talking about. I said, okay, having a book is, is the main, uh, is one of the most powerful contributors to you being an authority. If you have a book on a particular subject, people automatically associate you. you. Yeah. Yeah. They associate you with being an authority. So if I'm going to go to an organization and say, hey, um, I can train your salespeople, just the fact that I have this book, look, I wrote a, I wrote the book on persuasion, it, it automatically establishes that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I, um, you know, so I, I, I got my coach to, like, they pushed me. I, I got someone to push me. That's, that's the best thing about a coach. Someone do, pushes do you, you. Do you encourage people to, to, to get coached, to, to continuously seek coaching uh, yeah. when it comes yeah. to, to personal development? Yeah. Completely. I like, um, I think, you know, in a job, people like get pushed in a job and like, let's say in, in a working environment, a boss will make you do a little bit more than you're kind of comfortable doing, uh, and get more out of you. And people don't like to do it because it's in a field that they don't enjoy, but uh, like the right kind of coach will establish what it is that will truly serve you in your life and help you to focus on that and, and get you to push you to, to achieve those things. Um, like I said, like a coach, you know, it, it's very easy for me if I was just on my own to just sort of say, you know what, inshallah tomorrow, one day, inshallah, I'll write this book. One day, inshallah, I'll write this book. Uh, just like I've done for so long. It's like but, putting off know, the gym, yeah? It's the same. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. You put off the gym, you just, you know, everything is... You know, inshallah, I'll start. Inshallah. But, you know, if, if someone asks you the right questions and just sort of says, what is it that if you did over the next six months would give you the biggest impact in your life? And you answer that true, truthfully. And then someone held you accountable to doing it and just checked in on you you're more likely to do that to get those results. So I truly feel that when someone works with, uh, with a coach, they, they get further and faster. Every single, like I say, every single champion, they are the best in the world at what they do, the world champions. But every single one of them has a coach because sometimes you just need that person to give you that push, that, to give you that encouragement, to ask you the difficult questions. Um, yeah. Or to be on your side to celebrate with you when you do achieve. Yeah, true, true. I mean, uh, AK, if you remember, uh, just before COVID, you and I went to to see uh, Les Brown in Dubai. And it was, you know, obviously, you know, just to get a bit of motivation. We didn't know that there was a pandemic upon us, but uh, (laughs) it was just starting. So uh, actually, we had a, there's a full hall of people with no uh, masks or anything. I think that was February 2020, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah, what? yeah, that's yeah. no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're, it was right before the pandemic. I just remembered. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy to think that that far back, but it, it feels like a lifetime ago. That's yeah. true. That's true. What, what what makes people like Les Brown and and Tony Robbins and and these people? What makes them successful? What makes them uh, really good life coaches? So, um, well, first of all. Um, in the context you, you speak, I love Les Brown. I, I love Tony Robbins. I've been to a number of their talks, etc. 
Um, what makes them exceptional in terms of impacting large audiences is their storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. And and this is something I'm very passionate about because I made all the the I made all these mistakes. Like I would go and listen to them, and they would tell this massive story in order to give you a, a point that you must do, like you know, write down your goals. But they'd tell you this massive story before they tell you to write down your goals. And then I'd come back and I'd be like, everyone, you have to write down your goals. And, and no one would listen to me. No one would um, feel the way I felt about this information that I'd learned. And one day I was, I was listening, you know, I, I always used to wonder why is it that I go to these amazing speakers and I'm moved and I'm, uh, I'm persuaded. I'm, I, I'm, yeah. My emotions have gone through a roller coaster, and I almost so feel like moved. you're hypnotized. Almost, it, yeah, it is. It, it, it. By the way, they are 100% hypnotic storytellers. Um, <laughs> and I and and I come back and I give people the essence. I give people the advice that was given, and nobody would take it. And I always used to wonder why. And I met, uh, and then one day I learned from a speaker called uh, Russell Brunson. And, and he was ta- talking about how he would do that, the same exact thing. And his coach one day looked at Russell and he said, the reason you're not getting results is people don't feel the pain. People don't know what you've gone through. People don't uh, appreciate uh, everything that you had to do to learn this information so they don't value it. And, mm-hmm. and he got so like, he had this big aha moment. And so the next time he went and he spoke and he said, I have just spent uh, like a hundred thousand dollars. I've made uh, mistakes for over a year. And then I came to this realization and everyone took out their pen and paper. Yeah. He gave them the same exact advice that he gave them before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what makes... Les Brown and Tony Robbins exceptional is they storytell at another level. Now, I, I teach something called hypnotic storytelling, and and hypno- and and what Tony Tony Robbins one hundred percent uses hypnotic storytelling because he's learned from Milton Erickson, like some of the greatest hypnotic storytellers. Uh, Les Brown as well. Sometimes they do it unconsciously. Um, can I, I'll just explain yeah, to you yeah, what the yeah, hypnotic sure. story ahead, is. Please. Right? Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've heard of meditation, right? So meditation, someone may close their eyes and just relax, right? The difference between meditation and a guided meditation is meditation can just be with no purpose. Whereas a guided meditation, which is another word for hypnosis, by the way, Uh, A guided meditation will take you into a relaxed state and then take you through to resolving an issue, feeling more confident or something along those lines. And the same with storytelling. What's the difference with a a story and a hypnotic story? Story is just a story. You go and watch a movie and it's not relevant to you. It's just, you know, it's just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. A hypnotic story is crafted in such a way that you're telling a story but you're taking the audience through a journey that gets an outcome at the end. Mm-hmm. So um, 
to give you an example, if you know that your audience uh, is shy, you talk about a story when you used to be shy. You talk about the transformation that you had to go through and then people are unconsciously learning what they need to do and then you show them the result that they get afterwards and so people see what is the outcome that they'll achieve and then they become inspired by it, they moved by it because it's very relative to them and what their needs are, their pains yeah. are and their desires. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also, you've also talked in other seminars about how when you, when you're telling a story, you sort of like merge other stories within that story. And it's sort of, that's, that's what a lot of movies do. Like, you know, uh, where you have a story within a story within a story and it sort of just grabs you in and in and in. So yeah, yeah. no, that's a good point. I had to write that down actually when I listened to your seminar. <laughs> uh, so, so they pretty much have to relate to what you're talking about. Like that, that's, uh, is that yeah. what you say is the key to the whole the, process? Is, it's is getting definitely them to... a key. Yes. Okay. Because what, what takes it from, how does someone engage with a story? How does it become transformational? Is they have to identify with it at some level. Um, at, at and people identify with most stories. That's why we love movies. However, when it really relates to you, that's when it can be transformational. When, it's, when it relates to exactly your pains, when it relates to exactly your desires, and when the advice that's given is exactly what you need to hear, that, that's what will take it to another level. That's what create, makes a, a story a more powerful hypnotic story. A hypnotic story is a, a, a powerful vehicle to give someone advice without giving them advice. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, if I go and say, um, don't go and tell my daughter, Hey, listen, uh, don't swim straight after you eat. You know, she might just kind of blow me off. People just don't like hearing advice, but if you go, you know what? I um, I heard this this story about um, about someone that ate a lot of food and then went in the pool and, and got a cramp and and uh, someone came took her out of the the pool and said, "Don't swim straight after you eat." Now all of a sudden, you're not telling. I'm not telling my daughter to do something. It becomes her idea not to do it. Yeah. And that's powerful when it becomes someone, when someone thinks it's their idea instead of you, they're doing it because you told them that's where your influence grows to a whole other level. That's like, that's like inception, right? Is that, is 100%. that what you, right? right? He, he actually, he actually mentions inception in that. That has to be one of my favorite movies of all time. It is just yeah. phenomenal in every single way. And, and by the way, Inception, crazily enough, is built on um, on some hypnotic principles. Like some of the underlying factors within it are built on that. So um, when you go a couple of levels deep, it's you implant things. It's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I won't go into the science behind it. That's a whole a whole other talk. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair, Maneev. Um, So you, you mentioned something. You mentioned uh, neuro linguistic programming. Yeah. 
Yeah. Can you just give us like a brief description of what, I mean, yes, it, it probably entails everything that we've been talking about, but is there like a specific thing that you sort of target when it comes to that? Because I'm, I mean, I'm guessing this goes along the same lines as like neuroplasticity where our minds are able to like sort of adapt and change to the situation that we, the stresses that we put them under. So can you, can you talk a bit more about that? If, if, so if you could? You yeah, sure. Neurolinguistic programming is a science that was developed in, in sort of the late 70s. And what um, the premise was very simple in how they created neurolinguistic programming. Um, so many, the, the whole field of psychiatry uh, was built on, you know, getting people to come in again and again and again and again and again for years without, and, you know, every time someone would come in, they'd be like, Tell me about your mother or something random like that. Um, but what uh, there, there were two people, a guy called Dr. Richard Bandler and uh, John Grinder. I've met both of them. Um, brilliant, brilliant minds. And they were looking and they said, why is it that nearly everyone in the field would get, you know, why are people going back to these people and when they, they don't even get results? And they said, why don't we look at the people that actually get results, because at schools and universities, they were teaching these old methods where, you know, to go and discover what caused pain or like what caused the thing. But they just understanding what caused a problem never really actually helped a person like, um, you know, they wanted to see, OK, how do we create change? And so they started looking for people that would get change and would get change quickly. And so they found a, they found a couple of therapists and, um, you know, it started with like someone called uh, Virginia Satir and they, they'd go and look at and they, they, they'd see, okay, they would ask these kind of questions. They would do this and they would get results. Then they found a, a hypnotist by the name of Milton Erickson who would speak to people and they, they started to deconstruct it and find out how these people were able to get results fast. What made the difference? How could you take someone that was, um, that had a phobia all of their life and change it in an instant? How can you uh, teach someone to spell at a whole other level? And they started to see, to, to study what these people were doing with their minds. And they, they started to un um, see some patterns that people in excellence uh, or when people would achieve things, they had a certain pattern. Everyone would have a certain pattern. And so they started to make notes and started to create this whole science called neuro-linguistic programming, which is ultimately the science of getting results by studying people who get results. Um, so Tony Robbins, you mentioned earlier, he actually started out as a, a person that trained NLP. He was an NLP trainer. And then he modified NLP to, to put his own brand on it and expanded on it. But he, he actually started out as an NLP trainer. That's that's what gave him that edge. Um, and and you'll you'll see the science of achievement. A lot of the a lot of the biggest speakers would study this this kind of science of NLP. And it's all about understanding how people think and then teaching people how to control their thoughts versus our, your thoughts controlling you. 
And so that, that, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned, you also talked about, uh, you know, how when you're giving a message, when you're telling, when you're telling someone something, you want yeah. it to, you want to be remembered, you want to be listened to. Would you list, I would say, five points or so of how, how to do just that? Sure, sure. Um, and, and remind me to talk about um, like the oil and gas industry and how to, to deal with people. I, I'll come, I'll come to that later, but in the interest, like when it comes to how do you, how can you be remembered, referred and rewarded? Um, the first, the first point I'd say is be interested. I, let, let me tell you a very quick story. So um Back in the day, uh, they they had the UK elections, and mm-hmm. um, they they had two two people that were going up for elections, and they they had a reporter say, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to interview both of them, I'm going to take them out for dinner, etc. And so she went with the first person, sat for dinner. They you know they they spoke all night went for the second, went to dinner with the second person. And the next day, you know, everyone asked her, so how was it? Like, what was it like? And she said, okay, you know what? First person I went to dinner with, we sat there and man, when he was talking, I I just kept thinking this guy is the most interesting person in the world. This guy, you know, he's done so much. He's so interesting, da, da, da. And then the next day when I went out with the second person, I felt like I was the most interesting person in the world. He just <laughs> asked me all these questions. All, I, I felt so special. The second person became prime minister. So my, my first point is be interested. The most... Yeah interesting people how do you get remembered how do you how do people like you at a whole nother level and that's by asking the right questions and listening to the answers just really paying attention um you know active listening understanding what people are saying when it's so it's crazy how far you'll go just by listening to someone yeah that's and it's, I agree with that statement. Yeah. And and it's it's crazy. I mean, um, you know, it's a lot of a lot of shy people that you know, they think when they think of conversations they go, "Oh my god, you know, what do I what should I say? What I don't have anything interesting to talk about." But thinking of what to say is like if we were playing a game of cards and, you know, you take out your cards and you plan all your moves in advance. You, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to yeah. kind of see what other people play and then adjust based on that. So I think that's what you should um, do in our podcast. Okay, hey, we shouldn't have questions printed out beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, then you, I mean, specifically on that, you would you would run into the problem because you would just keep going on forever. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I fully understand. But, but Munir, you make a really good point because I think a lot of the anxiety that builds up 
in individuals when it comes to like talking to people, even even like at a very, very basic level. I, I tell you, I, I experienced this even 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 till today. Like when you when you meet someone that you perceive to be important or uh, or sort of like um, I would say of status. Um, and then you go in and you're like, okay, if this, uh, I'm going to be saying this, I'm going to be saying this, but that's the whole point. If you're already sort of in phase three of the discussion, you've already lost because you go in with that mindset that, okay, I have to impress. And you're already thinking like seven steps ahead. And that sort of adds to the anxiety of a situation. And just to add to one thing that you said as well, I remember the saying that people don't remember uh, what you do, what you necessarily do to them, but how you make them feel. And I feel like a lot of what you were saying is, is sort of indicative of that statement as well. And it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I think you're absolutely correct in that. It's, and the, the crazy thing is just, I, I, I do this demonstration all the time for, because that's one of the most common misconceptions. People think, Oh my God, what am I going to say? And I do this demonstration every time I do, um, you know, trainings on how to converse with confidence. And I will, I will bring someone up. I will ask them one question and then I will, I will not say anything else except, you know, I will only use their words, exactly their words as a question. And I could, I have a whole conversations just by expanding on what the other person has said. Nothing from my side, nothing interesting. And every, every single time I take a demo subject, the demo subject, even though they know it's a demo, they love the conversation. Um, so yeah. it's like you say, people will remember how you feel and people love, 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 love when someone is interested in them. So yeah. Yeah. so that's, the, that's my first one. <laughs> the second one is stories. I think people... If you're, if you're a speaker telling people stories, people remember stories. Um, you know, like when you, when you come home, that's the, you go and you switch on the TV because you love stories. When you're with friends, you tell stories. We as human beings have, since the beginning of time, have been designed to consume and to tell stories. Yeah. So giving people facts when you're in a sales presentation or when you're uh, giving any type of presentation, the more you tell stories, the more memorable that you'll be. Um, so that, that's my second one. And then my, my third is when you are able to get results fast for people, people remember you. Like people don't want to work with you just for the sake of working with you. People don't want to work with a coach because they just want to, like, they, you know, hey, I just want to spend my money. Um, yeah. People pay for progress. If people are progressing, people we'll are, back. they're going to come back. Um, they're going to refer you. They're going to be happy. So if, you know, become a person that gets results and gets results fast. When you study things like NLP, you know, th- that's the kind of, you know, the science that helps people get results fast. How do you shortcut the path to success? How do you save years and just do something in 15 minutes? Like I can help someone overcome a phobia in 15 minutes where for something that they've 
been having all of their life. If you can become a person that helps people get results fast, that's what's um, going to help you get remembered, referred, and rewarded. Um, and understanding people better than they understand themselves. When you can understand personality types and be adjustable, um, be flexible enough to work with different types of personalities, I think that's uh, what will help you to, to get results faster than ever before. And actually, like, if you just jot down all those, like, tidbits, I feel like just purely basing your next down. interaction. Yeah, <laughs> just purely basing your next interaction on, with those, with those like, suggestions and, and, like, pieces of advice. I think just the whole conversation becomes more enjoyable. Like, yeah. the, the, the angst of it is just taken away. But that being said, you also can't avoid difficult individuals i mean as as mohanad said the oil and gas industry is filled and i'm i'm sort of going back to this because you asked that we go back to this yes. but like in in the oil and gas industry you'll 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 see a lot of different uh uh, characters, different personalities that you sort of end up dealing with, the experienced professional, the unexperienced but really arrogant person. I mean, there's there's a bunch, but again, that exists everywhere. So what is your advice when it comes to dealing with a difficult person, maybe even a right. difficult manager? Like, how do you sort of put that aside or like almost, I, I wouldn't say avoid it because I don't think avoiding it solves the problem, but how do you deal with it? Yeah, and, and this, I think this is such an important question because your progress in life really depends on how you're able to interact and influence people. And understanding the science of influence is, is, is very simple in some respects. If you want to influence people powerfully, understand what already influences them. So let me repeat that. If you want to influence people powerfully, First, understand what influences them. Now, like you say, there's no guarantee with anything. However, with the right techniques, every technique that I teach increases your success rate. Okay, so let's say, you know, normally without any techniques, you know, one time out of 10 that you ask someone, you're going to be a little bit more successful. So understanding, the first part is understanding how to ask the right questions. So um, I'll give you an example with, again, with, with children, right? Um, if I go and say uh, to my kids, hey, would you like to, um, would you like to make your bed? They will say no, or they won't listen to me. But if I ask them in the sense of, uh, hey, um, what would you like to, would you prefer to brush your teeth and then make your bed or would you prefer to make your bed and then brush your teeth? Either way, I'm going to get my result. Now, you think that only works with kids, but the reality is exceptional salespeople use this form. It's like uh, of persuasion because it's been proven to increase your chances of success. Asking someone if they want to buy a pen or asking them if they want to, if they prefer one or three pens Increase when you when you phrase it as what would you prefer one or three pens you're giving them an alternate of choice that both serve you. So these are 
small techniques that increase your chances of success. And there's lots of them. That's when I talk about neuro-linguistic programming, linguistic means how do you use language to increase your chances of success? Um, that's one example. Uh, the other part is understanding people. Now you talk about difficult people. The, the most common difficult type of person is what we call a polarity responder. A polarity responder is someone that you say, uh, you ask them someone and something and they like to say no. They like to disagree with everything that you say. And that is 100% a personality type. Okay. Understanding how to best deal with those personal and there, and there are ways to deal with them. I'll, I'll give you a very quick example. Uh, do you, do you, uh, either of you know yeah. uh, this kind of personality type? Someone that says we, no we, to everything or disagrees with everything? Um, I, we have, I'd rather, we have a not, I, I do, I, I do. We it's okay, I'm not asking for names, it's okay. Yeah, I won't, I won't be naming anyone, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> but as, as long as you, you, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, so, the, I mean, it's one, so it's 100% a personality type. And this personality type, they like to disagree with everything that you say. It's it's part of their nature. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with that. Like some of the, the um, some great minds are uh, polarity responders because, you know, they, they rejected what traditional science was and uh, came up with new theories. So it, it's, it has its use, right? Understanding how to communicate with a polarity responder is a very useful skill. And, and understanding, if you know that they're going to say no to a lot of different things, framing your questions in such a way and that where, where their no is, is in your favor. And I'll give you an example. These are called um, extreme negation questions. So if I go to someone that I know is a polarity responder and I say, um, and I want their help. If I went and I said, can you help me? They'll say no, right? But if I went and I say, is it really uh, inconsiderate of me to, to ask for a moment of your time? And they go, no, <laughs> it's fine. Their no is it's in your favor. a powerful, is in your favor. Does this make sense? Yeah. yeah so understanding that, that, that how you frame questions and like, am I being, uh, am I being uh, completely illogical by asking for your help or, um, you know, something like that. But, you know, am I being extremely something? And the answer to that is just going to be no. And so they're going to help you with something. So, This is a, a whole seminar in terms of understanding the different personality types and understanding how to deal with each kind of personality type. But the, the most important thing to, un, to, to get is that it is possible to persuade all types of people. And while there is never a 100%, I can take someone very easily, by the way, and this has been proven by a Harvard um, study, I can take someone from a 60% success rate to a 90% success rate just by changing one word. And, wow. you know, sometimes people think of hypnosis as magic and whatever, but really salespeople 
have hypnotic words and all hypnotic words are are framing things in such a way that you increase your chances of success that's all yeah i i i'll, I'll just say something so yeah. what what you just described is extremely relatable at least from my side because mm. i i can tell you this 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 actually happened to me a few weeks ago yeah. um so me and my wife were in florence and we were walking back from like a long trip we had like this full walking tour and we're stopped we're stopped on the street by these two individuals that are uh collecting donations for um for for drug uh drug rehabilitation yeah. okay yeah. okay i i'm listen i'm not i'm i'm all for it and everything and it's just how it happened that day mm. where i was like approached convinced i paid it and i hated myself i'm like why did i do that and it's 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 kind of like hypnosis because honestly like uh going into it you're like okay I, and i i swear to you the first thing i said to this man is don't uh, okay i'm don't i'm not interested, I'm not interested. he's like just wait I, i gotta tell you a story and he told me a story about his addiction and how this program helped him get clean and then i'm like okay that's fine I'll I'll give you 20 euros. And he's like, "No, no, no, but the minimum to clean to help someone is like 40." And I swear to you, I ended up paying 40 euros. And as we're walking away, I tell my wife, "I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Why did I just just give this like I don't even know if they're going to use it for like whatever purpose they're going to use it for, yeah, but yeah. it was it's so impressive because yeah. like you know you want to just go back and be like, "Good job, man." Seriously, like, yeah. "Good job." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I felt like an idiot, but then you're like, you know what? You got to give props where props are due. And he, he used that same technique. He said a story. He got me enticed. And then I agreed. He got my foot in the door. And then he just went for exactly what he wanted, which is impressive. That's a, I, I yeah. guess that takes, takes time to, to sort yeah. of build up as a skill. It's so true. And it's, it's crazy what gets results like, uh, and starting to notice that in the real world, like what's take what's, what has gotten you to take action in the past and what has stopped you from taking action in the past and starting to, you know, understand those will help you to be more influential as well. So yeah, that's, I, lo I love yeah. that story. Yeah. Thank you. For uh, we, we've got, we've got time to, for, for two more questions, uh, Munir, uh, Can you tell us more about hard times, right? And, and a lot of us are having hard times at work or at home or whatever. And I think this, this a lot of people would relate to this. And yeah. and uh, from your experience, what what advice would you give um, to people like that? Okay. Um, so it's, you know, they, they, they did a study once and they said like, I think 85% of people's thoughts on average are negative. And, and so... That's that's a very high percentage in general, let alone when people are going through hard times, right? Um, and I am very, very passionate about helping people to tap into, to control their thoughts versus their thoughts controlling them. Now, understanding how you think is is, is part of the, the is, is really part of the equation. So the first, my first bit of advice is understand how you think. Now, We think in one of three ways. What we say to ourselves is an auditory, what our what we hear. So what yeah. when we're thinking, like you're either talking to yourself or you're hearing things, right? Visual is what you're visualizing. 
And then kinesthetic is what we feel within our body. Understanding, I'll just, I'll give you a quick example of auditory. Sometimes we say things like, why the, why the hell did you do that again? What's wrong with you? Like such an idiot. Or I can't believe um, this is happening. What's wrong with me? Understanding what you're actually saying to yourself and then also how you say it. Chances are, if you're going through a hard time, if you're feeling bad, the chances are you're, you're saying bad things and you're saying them very powerfully. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if you say something, that, that's how your mind knows this is serious. If you say, what's wrong with you, such an idiot, in a very powerful voice, it will make you feel bad. Controlling your thoughts is starting to control the quality of the, the thoughts. So turning a bad thought into a different voice. Like, um, I know that if I said, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, I'm such an idiot. If I said that in a powerful voice, I'll feel bad. But if I said it like, what the hell's wrong with you? Such an idiot. Like if I said it in a Mickey Mouse voice, <laughs> it, it starts to lose all... Um, or power. And if you do it enough times, it's like, it's like you take a CD and you scratch it and you scratch it. It cannot play the same way again. So understanding how to influence your thoughts and replace them with more empowering thoughts. So that's, that's one of the first things. Mm-hmm. The second is what are you putting into your mind? Now, One of the challenges that I saw, especially when the pandemic hit, right, is every night before people would go to bed, they'd go and turn on the news. And on the news, it's this many cases. Nobody can go out. People are losing their jobs, blah, 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 blah. And you're being bombarded by a lot of negative things just before they go to bed. And they're asking themselves these questions like, oh, my God, how does this affect me? What if I lose my job? What if I get sick? But, and so when they go to bed, they have questions in their mind that as they sleep, fester. Now, let me ask you this. So, Mohanad um, Abdul Qadir, have you ever asked, like, you've been asked a question and you thought about it and you, th- you, you thought about it and then, like, you didn't have the answer, but five hours later, you're in the shower, you're like, do-do-do-do-do, and oh, the answer yeah. pops into your head. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I wish I had a dollar for every time this happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because our mind has the ability, when you ask a powerful question, to work in the background for a long time. Okay? So, when people ask themselves really crappy questions, and then they go to sleep, for eight hours, they are processing all these negative thoughts, and then they wake up anxious. One of the simplest things that I I can get anybody to do, and it's so, so powerful, is before you go to bed, ask yourself one simple question. What are the three things I'm most grateful for today? Yeah. And don't let the simplicity fool you. What happens is you answer the question, you kind of go through your mind, you go, okay, I like this happened, this happened, this happened. And you, you know, you maybe you write them down or whatever. But as you sleep, your mind is processing, was this the most grateful or was this? Was this the most grateful or was this? 
Did I forget something? And just as you're sleeping, your brain is comparing all the positive things versus comparing all the, the, the crappy things. And it's such a simple, such a simple tweak that takes yeah. two, like a minute, but can have a massive effect on someone's mental health and their takeaway anxiety in the morning and make them wake up feeling happy and they don't know why. That's that's, that's very good advice, actually. Yeah, that's the first time I hear this, but that's very good advice. It's it's so, so powerful. It You know, I, I like to tell people questions are the answer. And asking yourself the right questions at the right time or asking pe- questions in general are very, very, very powerful because they direct the mind. You can do it for other people, asking them questions, whether you want to sell, influence, whatever, but you can do it for yourself. Um, I can I can make someone cry or laugh just by asking a question. I can direct their mind. I tell, tell me about a sad time in your life and I, I'll get someone to, to potentially cry. Or I can tell them, you know, tell me about a time where you laugh so much that, you know, like the water snorted out of your nose and they'll, you know, I can get someone to laugh just by one question. I direct the mind. Yeah. You can direct your own mind every night and gratitude. What is the, what is the antidote uh, antidote for, uh, for fear? What is the antidote for anxiety? Gratitude. Yeah. So oh, that's very yeah. true. I, li- I like that. I like that. Yeah. No, that's very good advice. Um, Very powerful, yeah. We we are running out of time, uh, unfortunately. I mean, I could listen to you for hours and hours, uh, Munir. So, uh, but um, running out of time. Uh, one one last question, I guess, is yeah. we started with this. I mean, you said that you left Oman uh, quite a long time ago. I mean, you do come back every now and then. But yeah. when will we see a sold out seminar by uh, by Munir and Oman? <laughs> and it, will that be anytime soon? Um, you know, it's it's funny you say that. Like recently, I said to myself, I want to do a lot more in Oman. Um, and, you know, like uh, I was just there. I uh, I I helped the leadership of uh, OWWSC, the Oman Water Services. Um, this month, funnily enough, I, I identified just a couple of months ago, I would like to do a lot more in Oman. And... I'm making it happen. So this month I'm do, I did that. I'm doing, uh, I'm emceeing for entrepreneurs organization as well this month. Um, uh, knowledge Oman has just reached out to me. So a lot of things in the pipeline, I'm, I'm trying to connect with a few more because it's actually very important for me to give back to Oman. I like before it was just, you know, I did want to just be into like uh, international was the bigger focus now. I'd like to, I know how much I can contribute to Oman and I know they're bringing in experts. People from outside, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. And we've got, uh, we've got Omanis who are outside. Uh, yeah, having you back yeah. would definitely add value for sure. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's become a bit more of a priority. So inshallah, I'm starting to do a lot more. I'm, uh, a few people have reached out. They want to they wanna collaborate with me as well, more in Oman. So... I'm I'm very excited about the prospects of of what will happen more in in Oman uh, in the coming few months. So inshallah, 
Jeremiah, well, we're, we're really glad that you accepted coming on our podcast. Uh, our podcast is not is not primarily Omani or, or, or Kuwaiti or whatever, but we're very happy to have you on our podcast. And, and thanks again. And thanks for having the time for us and uh, uh, to come and, and speak for, for almost an hour. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Munir. It's, so it's truly, much. really an honor and a pleasure to to meet like like people like yourselves. I think, you know, bridging the gap really says it all. And uh, I feel like we're coming from the same place. Uh, so I just want to tell everyone uh, one final thought is take something that you've uh, you've taken from this uh, this podcast and go and make an impact in someone's lives. Uh, that's what I'd like you to do. <laughs> Bridging the Gap is brought to you by A.K. Mohanad and Omar. Music is by Emma Peters, Carla Morrison and Hans Zimmer. Till next time. Donne-moi ton cœur, baby, ton corps, baby. Donne-moi ton bon vieux funk, ton rock, baby, ton soul, baby. Chanta.